You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to your Valentine's News Podcast for Friday, October 7th. A couple days before your New York Giants head uh, to London to face the uh, Green Bay Packers. Please remember to uh, subscribe to Big Blue View Radio wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're watching us on YouTube, like, share, subscribe there as well. All right, uh, to help us break down Sunday's Giants-Packers game here to uh, help us do that is Paul Noonan of SB Nation's Acme Packing Company. Paul, thanks for uh, for hopping in. Oh, thanks for having me. So uh, I got to start with this. Um, I'm not a big fan of these international games, <laughs> and and it has nothing to do with with 9:30 in the morning, any of that stuff. It for me, it has to do with with the competitive balance of it, the quality of, of the games that we see sometimes. And, and the biggest thing is simply this one of these teams. And in this case, it's the, it's the Packers. One of these teams loses a home game that, that, you know, that fans have paid for. So I get annoyed by that. What's, what's your feeling? What's the feeling in green Bay? Um, I I think everybody agrees with that, especially losing a home game. Um, You know, it, for Green Bay, especially being you know the small market, uh, it's not like they have financial issues or anything. But I think the the local economy uh, really derives a lot of value more so than any other place uh, in the country from their football team. Like so much of Green Bay is just built on the home games happening there. Right. Losing one's actually kind of a big deal, um, and uh, it's it, it's same the same deal as Thursday games. You know, you take out that you have that huge travel day, you lose a day of preparation. Uh, everybody's on a plane for an extra long time and quality suffers. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we do get more injuries out of these as well. And it, it's just a, a lesser, you know, a lesser game and a lesser brand of football when this happens too. And I know the NFL wants to expand and has some, you know, they, they want, they wants to get into Europe as much as possible, but I, I'm not really sure that it's worth the sacrifice that uh, you know, all the local fans here have to make to actually have this happen. Um, yeah, I I hadn't really thought about the fact that 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 this is Green Bay that you know that everything in that community is built around this football team. I mean, if it, it it's the Giants in New Jersey and people get annoyed about losing that home game, but it's not devastating. You know, one home <laughs> game is not devastating the local economy. I, I would be annoyed if I paid you know, whatever I'm paying for a, a season ticket and a PSL and all that. But, uh, yep. But it's got to, it, but I hadn't thought about the economic impact in, uh, in that area. 
Yep, I think uh, it's one of the few areas where like the stadium deal actually does make sense. You know, it, it's just a lot of the community in Green Bay is based on it. And it's not like it'll devastate them. I mean, when they don't have a playoff game, it's not like the whole town crumbles, but uh, it, it does matter. You know, people uh, have houses near Lambeau Field that where they've charged for parking and one game materially affects them. And those businesses, those bars that are around there are really based on the Packer crowd more than anything else. So it, it matters. It's, it's this is actually I would say more of a hit as a like percentage of you know revenue people being people in the town than most other places. Yeah, that's interesting. You think about you know, I think about you know going to a fair or going to something like that, but it's people parking on other people's lawns and yep. stuff like that. I think the only other place in the NFL you see that is in Buffalo. Yeah, yeah, Buffalo is really the closest comp. I I would agree with that. Anyway, let's let's talk about the matchup on Sunday Packers are a, a fairly substantial favorite. I think eight points, the last I saw, and you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about how the game, you know, how the game might unfold. Um, I, I look at it this way. I look at, this is a game that green Bay should win, but I do think I, and, and I'm picking green Bay to win. I do think there is a path for the Giants to win, especially if Daniel Jones plays and is able to run the ball some on Sunday, because Green Bay hasn't run the or has not defended the run well. The Giants have run the ball well, and I think there's a path if the Giants can do that and maybe get a turnover or two here along the way. Yeah, I think if Jones was playing well, playing and healthy. I might have actually picked the Giants in this game, and I think I definitely would have picked them on on the spread versus you know the money line for those exact reasons. Uh, Green Bay's chief weakness on defense is definitely run defense. Um, they got gashed by David Montgomery of the Bears. When you, you guys have played the Bears, you know how good their passing attack is. Um, mm-hmm. Getting gashed on the ground by them is somewhat inexcusable. Um, they had a, a lot of trouble last week against New England playing a third-string quarterback. Uh, and not being able to stop Damian Harris or uh, Ramadre Stevenson. So uh, obviously Saquon Barkley is much better than all of those people. And if you add in the threat of Daniel Jones running, who's been very effective doing that, I think Green Bay has serious trouble. But the problem in this game, I think, is I'm not sure Daniel's going to be able to run very well if he does play at all. Uh, I think that that's injury is going to significantly impair his mobility. So I'll be picking Green Bay, too. But that's the best way to attack them. And if Saquon Barkley breaks off, you know, one or two or three big runs, the Giants, I think, can still hang around in this game. Yeah, it's interesting. And so much does depend on Jones' mobility, to be honest. But, you know, I, I was I was able to uh, to go to practice on Wednesday. And we were all surprised at how well Jones was moving around. I'm I'm convinced the Giants won't say, is this a high ankle sprain, a low ankle sprain? You know what it is. I mean, in Brian Dayball's world, if you're not on IR and you have something, something, an injury of some sort, you're day to day. And you know, you have a knee or you have an ankle or you have an elbow or you have a shoulder, and that's all the information that you get. But we watched him move around and he moved pretty well, side to side, moving to his right, moving to his left. He didn't look like a guy that was laboring with with an ankle issue at all. So, so I think there's a possibility that 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 the running game, that the quarterback run, could be part of the Giants' offense on Sunday. 
Okay. That would be a huge difference if it was. So, um, yeah, it would considering considering the the state of the Giants' passing game, considering that that only the Bears make the Giants look like they have a good passing game. I think you're right. <laughs> now, uh, I I do think ahead. that the Packers um, will have a good amount of success on offense as well, for kind of the same reason. Um, the Giants' advanced stats on run stopping are not great themselves, and I looked their splits a little bit. They've had some success, you know, against certain running backs, but um, they will be running up against one of the NFL's best running backs as well, in Aaron Jones, uh, and a Packer line that's getting healthier and getting better in the run game every week too. So even if the passing game isn't there for Green Bay and it's still a work in progress, I, I do think that um, Aaron Jones will be able to find some success against the Giants' defensive line too. You know, one of the uh, the weak areas for the Giants this year has been wide receiver. Obviously, we've seen Sterling Shepard go down with a season-ending injury. Colin Johnson went down with a season-ending injury during training camp. Kenny Galladay hasn't given the Giants anything. The young receivers, Kadarius Toney and Wandale Robinson, have been hurt. Uh, Darius Slayton can't find any traction. And over in Green Bay, you've got two young wide receivers that that you're building around that you're trying to develop uh just tell us tell us how that's going and and what you guys think of of the young guys over there um in terms of both of them i think that they'll both be pretty special when it's all said and done uh, um, the, the biggest impact so far has been Romeo Dobbs, who they picked in the fourth round uh, out of Nevada. And he is sort of your do-everything, typical outside receiver. He has a good full route tree. Uh, he's good with the ball in his hands. And while he was in college, he actually had an interesting shift from being sort of a burner on the outside to playing more of a slots over the middle role. He did well in both and has shown so far he can do well in both. Um, he's very highly ranked among all rookie receivers and um, the only problem with Dobbs so far, and it's actually been a problem for both rookies, is his hands are okay. He's actually, I think, a good catcher. Uh, he, he has a good catch radius, and he will bring it in. He had a bad drop last week, but um, generally speaking, I think he's pretty good at that. But he holds the ball out wide. He has two fumbles on the year, and he is a little careless with it, with the ball in his hands, which you know gets on the coach's nerves when he puts it on the ground. But he's tough to stop. He's a, he's a very good route runner, and he gets open. Um, the one I'm actually more excited about, but is still a work in progress, is Christian Watson, who they took out of North Dakota State, who is uh, honestly one of the most athletic receivers to ever play in the NFL. Um, if you, I don't, I don't know how much you guys ever talk about uh, Kentley Platt's uh, relative athletic score, but he's the 10th best all time on that metric. And um, he had a, a crushing drop on his first ever play in the NFL where he would have been open for a 75, well, he was open for a 75 year touchdown and put the ball on the ground. Um, but in college, he caught a lot of those. It, it, it's not like he was just dropping those left and right, and he can be a weapon over the top. And if you watch Packer tape like I do every week, he's just always open. Uh, they've started to include use him more on simple routes and jet sweeps and things like that. He scored on a jet sweep last week, um, and he's basically uncoverable. He just needs to actually hang on to the ball. So they're, they're working them in slowly. Um, they still have a couple of good veteran stalwarts in Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb that Aaron trusts to move the sticks. Um, but the rookies do more and more every week. And I think by the end of the season, they may have something special. So Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, a couple of, you know, 
capable veteran wide receivers, a couple of young guys that, that you're excited about that are developing. So how is it that the Green Bay Packers are averaging 18.8 points a game, which is less than what the, uh, what the Giants are averaging at this point? <laughs> um, there, there are some actual very good reasons for that. Um, some of that is Aaron himself. Um, Aaron Rodgers is still a very good quarterback, still throwing a very accurate ball. Um, he is definitely showing some some signs of aging. Actually, wrote about this this week. Uh, he only has three rushes on this in, this entire season. Aaron Rodgers' legs used to be a weapon, and, and as recently as like two years ago, still were. He's barely ever taking off, and he is definitely more prone to taking hits in the pocket than he used to be. Uh, pressure gets to him a little bit more than it used to. It's actually one of the best ways to stop Aaron Jones. If you can get to him with uh, while rushing four, his pressure and non-pressure splits are quite large, and that has played a big part in their passing game. Um, but the other big thing is they run a really slow pace. So uh, Packer raw point totals are always a little bit deceiving. They're the slowest team in the NFL at hiking the ball. They they just don't run as many plays as the rest of the league. And because we're still early in the season, uh, there have been, I would say, four big plays where they've gone a ton of yards without scoring any points. They had A.J. Dillon get stuffed at the one-yard line um, a few games ago. They had Aaron Jones fumble against Tampa at the one-yard line after like an 85-yard drive. And then they've had the big misses to, to Dobbs and Watson. And if two or three of those go the other way, their points uh, per drive look a lot better than they do. Uh, that's started starting to come around, and they looked a lot better last week against the Patriots, especially in the second half, with a more dynamic passing attack. Um, but a lot of it is just pace, and uh, also missing Alan Lazard for the first game of the season did not help them either. Um, they had to rely on their rookies early, and uh, that hurt. So a lot of this is just small sample size. I do think their offense is a little better than it's than the numbers look. Um, but they're conservative. They run the ball a ton. They run the ball more than just about any other team other than the other Shanahan team in the 49ers. <laughs> and um, they, they're slow. A slow running team that doesn't pass that much just isn't going to put that many points on the board. If they get behind, I think you'll start to see it look a lot different. Well, you know, Gi Giants fans would say, you know, you guys just go right ahead and struggle with those things for one more week. <laughs> And they might. That is very possible. It's going to be the Packers do not get very creative when they have to travel. They have a lot of trouble when they have to go to the West Coast at uh, putting together a solid game plan. And I suspect that they'll look very vanilla in this game. And if they do struggle like they have the last four weeks uh, on offense, the same kind of way, I won't be that surprised. Interesting. So tell me, what should we know about this Green Bay defense at this point? You know, the numbers would suggest that they struggle against the run. But the you know the the numbers would also suggest that Rashawn Gary is turning into a monster. So just tell us a little bit about about the Packers on that side of the ball. It's actually a really good defense. Uh, it uh, it has a couple of glaring weaknesses, but they're not bad weaknesses to have. And I, I also I don't think they really care if they get run on that much as long as it's controllable. Um, they were the worst run defense in the league last year, and they they paid for it. Now they're like a bottom third. And it's really not that bad. The main reason that our bad run defense is Dean Lowry on the defensive line. Uh, you can run at him all day. He is not a good run stopper, and you can you can do some damage there. They will pull him out every once in a while in favor of Devontae Wyatt. They get a lot better when they do that against the run, but they give up some pass rushing. Uh, their other problem is Quay Walker, their rookie linebacker, who uh, definitely gets caught a little bit in over-pursuit and is a little bit of a lighter linebacker. He's He's good in coverage. Um, but he's still learning. He gets out of position and he can get bullied at the point of attack for sure. Um, that's really what 
what their weaknesses are there. Other than that, they're not too bad. Um, and like you said, Rashawn Gary is a monster. He is, I think, second in the league in pressures. I think he's second in sacks. Uh, one of the Boses, I think, is better, but that's it. Um, and uh, he basically single-handedly won that game to a large extent last week. He is uh, uh, truly come around to be one of the best defensive ends in football. Preston Smith on the other side is also very, very good. Uh, it's a very fearsome duo. And if you don't get the ball out quickly against the Packers, you are going to pay for it. Um, Kenny Clark in the middle is also an excellent pass rushing defensive tackle. And so they have a great trio uh, to stymie passing games. And the secondary for the Packers is also really good. Um, they're missing. I think they'll be missing Jair Alexander one more week, who has a groin injury. But um, there are other starters, Russell Douglas and Eric Stokes in his second year. are uh, They make an excellent trio. If they can lose one of them and not suffer too much for it, um, it it's a tough team to pass against. If you get behind on the Packers, you really will be in some trouble. Last thing for you, Paul, um, you talked a little bit about Aaron Rodgers, you know, finally maybe sort of beginning to show some signs that he's not a young quarterback anymore. Um, the, the Packers are, are in, as long as Rodgers is playing, the Packers are in that Super Bowl window. Is this, you know, as Rodgers starts to get older, is this a Super Bowl or bust kind of season for Green Bay where it's not a success if they if they don't at least get there? Um, I, I don't think you can say that definitively, but it's close. Uh, I think he's probably got at most two, uh, one plus one, so one more season left in him after this year, but it's winding down. Uh, and when quarterback's mobility starts to decline, the bottom can fall out pretty quickly on the rest of their game. Um, if you go look at sort of even non-rushing quarterbacks, if you kind of look at their their scrambling yards, it's usually a harbinger of bad things to come. So um, I'm not sure Aaron's whole heart is in the game anymore. You know, he does a lot in the offseason. He is a celebrity in addition to being a quarterback for better and mostly for worse. And I do think that this is kind of it. They get, I think, at most one more bite at the apple here. And uh, if they don't win it this year, it's going to, I think, be a transition sooner rather than later. Yeah, Aaron does sort of uh, sort of run the Pat McAfee show. He does. It it is. <laughs> I don't know what Pat would do if he didn't have him. He would certainly have fewer viewers. Yeah, McAfee is the the official Aaron Rodgers reporter slash mouthpiece. I guess <laughs> that is the sounding board. That is where he goes. All right, Paul. I appreciate the time. Thank you very very much, Giants fans. Thank you as always for listening. Please uh, stay safe out there, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on Home mom? <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.